Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of the Easy Peasy Show, we talk about the numerous amounts of injuries out of the NFL this week, including Joe Burrow. We touch on women's soccer slightly going on, and of course we talk about the insane card that is UFC 291 this weekend, including Dustin Poirier, Justin Gagey, Alex Pereira, and Yablohovic. All of this and so much more are coming up right now. So some big news coming out of all the NFL teams' training camps today. Um, who knew people had to get back into shape and some injuries were going to happen. It's a um, pretty amazing sight, seeing people overreact on Twitter. Uh, obviously, the biggest news is Jalen Ramsey has to get surgery on his knee now, I believe, and he's expected to miss some of the regular season. I believe it's just a little bit of the regular season. Pretty sure he should be coming back. Nothing to worry about, though. I mean, he's washed anyways, in my opinion. Then we got Joe Burrow um, getting a little cramp. Uh, Bingo's O-line gets blamed, as always. And he went right, down. Bingo. People were a little scared. So, I'm sorry? Rightfully so. Yes, absolutely. It's always the O-line's fault. Um, well, not always, but they are. They are garbage. Yeah, so, um, you know, Casper the Ghost got to get a pretty good lick in on Burrow. Got a nice little calf strain going. He's scared everyone just because he needed the attention. Then who was it? Garrett Wilson? Did Garrett, Garrett Wilson have a little scare today? So all the Ohio State legends kind of going down. Was it? I didn't hear anything about Garrett Wilson. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's maybe. right. You're, yeah, you're so busy at work, you can't keep up with things nowadays. And uh, so, I keep up with teams that I care about. Sorry. What's that? You you don't like the Jets? What do the Jets do to you? Aaron Rodgers. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What's not wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Plenty MVP. Not last year. MVP. Not last year. Dookie water last year. Oh, let's, what's your favorite team again? Let's 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 check out that. let's check out that quarterback, Derek Carr. <laughs> hey, I never. Yeah, I wow. Hey, wow. Whoa, I never said he was good either. Wow. I'm just saying a lot of room to talk for a guy who's uh. Do the Ravens even have a quarterback on their roster? Oh uh, yeah, they have two. Unfortunately, that are both. Oh, you know what? Actually, no, they're both pretty good. Just one doesn't know how to play in the playoffs, and the other one doesn't really know how to play. He gets injured a lot. (laughs) But, hey, MVP, it is what it is. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson, by the way. I do like Lamar. Oh, yeah? What's his middle name? That's what I thought. (laughs) Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Um. Yeah, Bur- Burrow goes down. I say the world overreacts. About an hour later, they came back and said, oh, yeah, it's nothing. He'll be fine. And I'm pretty sure, as a matter of fact, I think that's what I texted you, Peyton. I know you were freaking out when you texted me. But oh, I, yeah. I, I knew it was nothing. I guess you didn't see the video at the time. But, I mean, you could just tell he just, like I said, he's, he's just your average average guy who's out of shape, hasn't practiced or run around or cut in months. So, I mean, it's to be expected. Yeah, uh, but he wasn't the only one. Uh, Obviously, Jalen Ramsey needing surgery on his knee. Uh, Luckily, his ACL is a 
reportedly intact. Um, now I have heard of people having knee surgery and then finding ACL, MCL, PCL, whatever tears in their knee. Um, they, <laughs> Victor Wimbanyama. Um, once they open their knee up and actually get in there to do the surgery, they can sometimes find some uh, some tears. But uh, overall, pretty good news for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, another one that went down uh, a few days ago. Um, looks like it's it's pretty minor. I, I did see him kind of stretching it out and practicing. Not really practicing, but kind of, you know, mm-hmm. stretching out and almost like a jog run type of thing at practice the other day. Um, Trayvon Diggs dealing with some kind of toe issue. But, by the way, five-year deal, $97 million for Trayvon Diggs. Props to him. Congrats to him. Um, and lastly, the Saints' own Trevor Penning. Guy just can't stay healthy. I mean, missed almost all of last year with an injury and already injured again this year. So we'll see how that goes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, like I said, training camp, it is what it is. And, I mean, there's going to be more people who get injured and people are going to get scared. My fantasy group chat was just going crazy. But, um, Burrow's Burrow's owner, he never never strayed. He had uh, high hopes that Burrow was a cancer enough he pulled through. And <laughs> like I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a good time to be a Burrow fantasy owner right now or a Garrett Wilson fantasy owner or really a fantasy owner in general because right now, you know, you got, you got your butthole clenched hoping that you know, none of your players get hurt. So it is what it is. Like I said, though, it's training camp. People are still – I mean, essentially, you're just still training – to really stretch things out, you know, work out the kinks, get back with your boys, you throw a couple passes, run a couple plays, you know, block a few people. You know, obviously the rookies are going to be showing out. You will definitely be seeing reports like, oh, this rookie, undrafted rookie, is just making obnoxious plays, obviously, because they're mainly – they're still fighting. Most of them are still fighting for a roster spot. Obviously, your first and second rounders probably already got a contract underway, and that's what it is for them. But, you know, most of these undrafted guys are, you know, late round guys. They're definitely going to be, you know, playing their tails off. They'll be, like I said, playing for that contract, playing for that roster spot. And so, you know, keep your eyes out for the rookies that show flashes. You know, sometimes they, you know, sometimes they outperform where they got drafted, if they got drafted at all. So I'm not sure if you have anyone in mind, Peyton, that you've been keeping your eye on. Any late rounders? Uh, So... He was undrafted last year, but he was he got hurt early on, and he didn't he didn't end up playing. He wasn't available at all last year. But uh, keep your eyes on Justin Ross with the mm. Chiefs. Of course, the freaking rich get richer. Um, all world wide receiver at Clemson a few years back couldn't stay healthy. I think he had a back issue uh, his junior year, and it scared a lot of teams away from him. So went undrafted and. It, Ended up signing with the Chiefs. Now he is taking first team reps with the Chiefs now. So that's something that's one guy to look for. Um, obviously, last year it was one guy that stood out to me that was undrafted was uh, Rashid Shahid, Saints Nation. Um, knows all about him. Looks to build on a good year last year. But um, mm, other than that, 
I don't have anybody necessarily on my radar as far as like undrafted guys go. Um, now, if you're an LSU fan, I will say this: Kayshawn Booty, one of the higher rated receivers, or was supposed to be one of the higher rated receivers coming out of the draft last year. Um, he's looking at getting cut before. I mean, he before the uh, season even begins. So that's one thing to look out for. Yeah, that's tough for Hemstone, who had very high expectations, I guess. I'm not ah, – he definitely did fall short of expectations, at least this past season. And, um, you know, it is what it is. It's – you know, whenever people have high expectations set for them, very rarely do they really get there or exceed them. But he definitely fell flat, definitely fell short. I remember I think it was the first game of the season. I knew it was going to be a long season with him whenever he just – he. he there was one play he didn't even try, and I think he was like wide open for a touchdown or could have been, had the opportunity. And, you know, that's not really the kind of player you really want on your team. So it doesn't make sense that he's, you know, you hear these rumblings that he's on the fringe of being cut. I did read today he uh, he caught a couple of touchdown passes from the backup QB, Bailey Zapp. So, Bailey Zappi. Yeah, Zappi, sorry. Bailey Zappi. So, yeah, th- there's that. Um. You know, he's trying his best. He's trying his best out there. That's all he can do. He's got to salvage his name somehow and, you know, try not to play like his last namesake. So, well, I'm a big LSU fan and I don't, I don't like to trash on, on guys that uh, are just trying to live out their dreams because God, God only knows that I would love to be playing baseball again or new football again, I'm sure, um, and especially for a living. But, there were a lot of reports coming out last year before the season even started that uh, there was a lot of character concern with Kayshawn um, in terms of rehabilitating his ankle injury that he suffered in 2021. And um, publicly, Brian Kelly kind of called him out uh, saying that he needs to take rehabilitating his ankle injury way more seriously. So, and then... Obviously, like you said, the Florida State game happened. It, it seemed like he was kind of pouting on the sidelines, just not giving much effort throughout the season. You saw some flashes, but for the most part, it just didn't really look like him and Jaden Daniels were in sync. If, you, if y'all don't know who Jaden Daniels is, it is, of course, LSU's quarterback. And I think that kind of is a testament to Kayshawn maybe not working out with Jaden. Um, and then after that, during the season, Kayshawn sat out a game – albeit because he had a child. I mean, great for him. I would have sat out too. Um, but, again, missed time. With Mahomes would never. Um, and then the whole issue towards the end of the year um, before the bowl game, declaring that he was going to return to LSU, some rumors came out maybe about a sex party of some sort involving him um, surfaced, and – Next thing you know, he's announced he's declaring for the draft. So some things add up there, uh, if you can read between the lines. Um, sadly, uh, all the talent in the world, I mean, one of the faster guys I've seen him in person and was a five-star uh, wide receiver out of high school, obviously showed out in college for his first two years until he got injured and then just – couldn't really hasn't really put it back together since. I, I mean, jumped under twenty inches vertical at the combine, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which is, I mean, atrocious for a receiver. From I mean, that is unacceptable. So that kind of, to me, that kind of shows that 
lack of maybe a work ethic or drive. Um, so I think that's some of the problems that Kayshawn's working through right now. And I hope you get all together, man. I mean, being a Louisiana Pert kid myself, obviously I root for all Louisiana athletes. Um, so hopefully he, he can pick himself up off the ground and, and put it all back together and be successful in the NFL. Right, right. And uh, maybe Bill Belichick's your guy to um, to get you back on track. I mean, obviously one of the greatest head coaches in the NFL. Yeah, if anyone yeah, is, it's him. Right, yeah, he can always make something out of nothing. So, like I said, maybe maybe that's exactly what Booty needed is that kind of coach. And maybe this is a resurgence for him. But um, we don't know. That's still – jury's still out on that. We'll find out more as training camp continues for all these teams. Uh, moving on to our next subject, USA women's team, soccer, fighting the uh, fighting the Netherlands. Women's team. It was a little, a little scary there in the first half. You know, they had us in the first half. Not going to lie, but hey, we didn't lose. That's all that matters. It ended up being a one-one draw, and you know, USA Women's. We fight, fight. I say we like I'm on the team, but you know, it's a uh, patriotic feeling. You know. Wow. Anyway, so we, <laughs> we uh, yes, the eagle screeching in the background, and we um, anyways, we live to fight on another day. You know, keep showing that USA toughness. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know much about soccer at all, but right. it did it, it did seem like we were playing a pretty football game there. And uh, last time I checked, uh, the United States beat England or tied England in the men's World Cup. So now yes, it is that was electric. Soccer. It is soccer now. That um, is true. But it just didn't look like it. Doesn't seem. Like we are as dominant as we have been in the past and on the women's side. So it will be interesting to see kind of how that goes. Um, a lot of legendary players, obviously not on the team this year. So, um, I mean, I don't know what to expect, but I, as always, I'll be rooting for the United States. Yes, we expect greatness is what we expect, Peyton. Right. <laughs> yes, always. And uh, real quickly, I'll cover here. Formula One has another race this weekend. Obviously, Max Verstappen seems to be the favorite. No surprises there. Team Red Bull is going to do their thing. Belgian Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Uh, yep, so that's going on. Be sure to tune in. Uh, see, see, see the fight for second place because first place is never a challenge as long as Verstappen's out there in the field. Um, and also another thing, let's, I know you're not too into this patent, but so I'll cover it pretty quickly. Oh, but obviously the, what, yeah, you should, you should, I'm i uh, I'm team Red Bull. Um, but you know, what you do they race? uh, it's always on a Sunday and since it's always international, it's always an awkward time for United States. It's always like super early in the morning, like seven or eight. Sometimes it's like midnight other times, 2 AM. Like midnight is in like Saturday night. Yeah, like Saturday going into Sunday. Okay. Yes. Okay. That threshold. And um so yeah, the weather actually appears to be concerned. Weather doesn't seem to be letting up over there. So some of the drivers have called up on the FIA, which is like the it's like the racing organization. I'm trying to think of what, what to compare it to. Um they're basically the ones who make the rules for racing and they always um like F1's the organization, but FIA controls the rules for the organization. So some drivers have called on the FIA that if the weather remains how it is, which is pretty bad, pretty terrible, uh, to just go ahead and call the race, cancel it for the time being, because obviously you don't want all these drivers facing uh, racing these fast cars in terrible conditions. 
So that's something to keep an eye out for. The race may or may not happen. Hopefully the weather clears up. I doubt it will. But, yep, that's uh, something that remains to be seen. Yep, and uh, I'll, I'll touch on something that you're not too interested on. Keep it quick. Some, uh, I know uh, we're trying to promote more of a national brand, but LSU Baseball just landed a huge pitcher from Alabama. Some rumblings going around that they might sign the number one, the potential number one overall pick for next year as a transfer portal. Um, and it's going to be a big recruiting weekend for a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, just look out for more college football commitments. Oh, that's some good stuff. Good stuff. Man, like I said, it's, it's kind of a weird time we're in right now because everything's just ramping up for all these sports, really. I mean, the only thing really going on right now is like the USA women's soccer team and then MLB. MLB so, and, um, Oh, speaking of MLB, Shohei Otani uh, today became the first player since, uh, I want to say, 1978 to throw a complete game in one game of a doubleheader and hit two home runs the next. So, shout out to Shohei Otani, probably the best player in baseball right now. Um, I mean, he can pitch it. He's, I mean, obviously, he's a two-way player, which is an anomaly in baseball, but um, – being able to pitch it at the level that he does and hit the ball at the level he does is just honestly unheard of. So, uh, props to him. Just if you if you don't watch baseball, or if you don't if you do and you don't care for Shohei Otani, I mean, I don't I don't know what to tell you. You just gotta you just gotta sit back and just enjoy greatness with him. So. Right. And that's a, um, yeah, like you said, I'm definitely not the biggest MLB fan, but I mean, you know, just since I'm so plugged into the sports world, it's hard not to hear that name everywhere you go, especially because, you know, it's, it's rare you see a two way, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's kind of rare to see a two way player to begin with. And then it's even more rare to see one of his caliber. I mean, I'm, yeah, you don't ever see players of his caliber, especially to, I mean, let me rephrase that. You don't ever see, players of his caliber period hardly mm-hmm. especially two-way players and it's not like he does one thing better than the other he's elite at both just a insane talent Joe Otani. yeah absolutely and uh, MLB is in good hands for sure I know there's a lot of other young players who have massive talent too but no one quite like Otani. I don't think so at least no, uh, special talent, like I said. But uh, we'll move on to UFC 291 this weekend. Uh, obviously, if you're not a UFC fan, uh, Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier. Um, if you're not a UFC fan and you're wanting to get into it, this is definitely the card for you. Um, we got huge fights such as, obviously, the aforementioned Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. You have... Jan Blahovich versus Alex Pereira. Pereira making his light heavyweight debut. Um, Fatty. Wonder Boy versus Michael Pereira. Bobby Green fighting. Kevin Holland fighting Chiesa. And even Derek Lewis in the card, but not as a main card on the prelims. So, huge weekend for the UFC. Yeah, Derek Lewis isn't even. Uh, it's kind of rare that uh, a, a card is this stacked. If you don't know, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, he is one of me and Peyton's favorite fighters. Helped us 
fall back in love with the heavyweight division, I believe. But uh, unfortunately, he's been kind of on a skid lately. And uh, I personally do think that skid probably continues this weekend, sadly, as much as I like him. But just like anyone else, he has a puncher's chance. And, I mean, he has the most knockouts in UFC history. So, I mean, it's always exciting to watch him fight. But uh, I don't know what you want to do, Peyton. You want to you want to run through all these fights or you just want to – I mean uh, – Yeah, we can. Um, We can go – do you want to go from the top of the card to the bottom or from the prelims to the main card? What, what would you like oh, to yeah. do? Oh, yeah. No, let's uh, start with the prelims and work our way. Again, you know, we can run through the prelims. Decent early prelims quick. or just prelims? Yeah, yeah, no early prelims. So I'll begin top of the card all the way to the uh, – I'm sorry, bottom of the card all the way to the top, you know, fights that start at six or seven, whenever it is, and end with the main card, main event, BMF belt. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I have it pulled up here. Um, first fight of the night is a women's flyweight bout. It is between Miranda Maverick and Priscilla Cachoeira. I'm sorry, Cachoeira. Cachoeira, I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher some of these names. I mean, if you're not a fan of UFC, you might not realize, but a lot of these guys or gals are foreign, so it is difficult to pronounce as an American. But uh, Miranda from the United States, Priscilla from Brazil, the, the American is favored in that fight, so good luck to Miranda, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> another. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to touch on the fight itself and uh, give you who I think is going to win. Obviously, you can uh, – I don't think – you know, there's going to be a lot of close fights this weekend. I definitely – yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if some underdogs pull it out. I personally don't have too many underdogs winning. Um, and this is fight – I definitely don't have the underdog winning. Uh, Castro-Era is not really the greatest fighter. Uh, I think if this fight stays on the feet, she's definitely probably going to win. She has some amazing power for a woman. Uh, I don't mean that in like a sexist way, but I just mean, you know, in the UFC, there's an obvious different image. Rare you see women get knocked out unless it's just an amazing, you know, technical knockout. Not TKO, but I mean just an amazingly flawless, like good technique within the knockout. But uh, I expect Maverick to take this fight down to the mat, and uh, Cachoeira is just going to have no defense there. Once again, if on the feet, Cachoeira is going to have her way, but uh, (laughs) it's in Maverick's best interest to take this fight down to the mat. Uh, my uh, my prediction is to Maverick get a submission in the late second, early third round. I think she can wear down Cachoeira pretty well. Yeah, um, one thing I have noticed, Zach, about women's sports, specifically uh, combat sports, is that I feel like the talent disparity between the best and maybe the second, third best is enormous compared to the men's. Um, it almost feels like, I mean, look at Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko. I know Shevchenko lost her last fight. However, I mean, the the, the reign of terror they both had over the, both of their divisions was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see that very often in the men's, but it feels like every champion in the women's division, they will, they, when they once they get the belt, they go on a run, it seems like. So it, it's just kind of strange to me. What, do you feel the same way? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, I don't know what it is really. I guess it's like some of these some of these women just may have just that talent that just really sets them apart. Because it's kind of weird. It's like you said, you know, obviously there's like two or three front runners in each division. I say in each division, but just total, just talking about women, and then like everyone else seems to be pretty equal talent. And I mean, you know, we may always make the joke anytime there's like a main event for a championship belt. It's like, oh, you know, just feed whoever to you know whoever this time. You know, it's really. Really nothing. Rarely do you see a belt really change hands unless it's a passing of the torch. But, yeah, like I said, uh, women's MMA, 
is a little little less a little less interesting i will say than men's mma but not to say there aren't talented fighters because like i said i think maverick's a talented fighter and like i said i think she can get it done oh yeah and obviously you have extremely entertaining fighters such as like ronda rousey come through um i mean that fraud <laughs> yeah but those uh those few fights that she i mean not a few fights that she fought in but i mean she was so entertaining for a lot of people during that uh that little title run that she had but uh moving on the next fight we have is a welterweight bout between an american matthew samelsberger samelsberger and, yep. and serbian euros medic medish medic yeah i just say i say medic just medic with a little you know extra oomph at the end I'm gonna let you start uh, announcing these fights. <laughs> yeah, that's no, yeah, that's that's fine. I think I'm a little bit more familiar with some of these fighters, but yeah, no doubt. So the I, American again is favored in this fight. Yeah, and I, I, let Zach break it down. Yeah, I think for good reason too. Um, Medich took this fight on short notice, which you know, good for him. But he's also moving up to welterweight. Uh, Medich has has some pretty serious power. Serious power, but I think his only path to victory here is a first-round knockout because, I mean, <laughs> Manich is not going to be taking Samuelsberger down. He's not going to be taking anyone down, as a matter of fact. I, I wouldn't trust his ability to take me or you down, to be honest. I think it's knockout or nothing for him. And is he so, a gasser? Say that again? Is he a gasser? Like, he gasses out pretty quick or what? I mean, yeah, but like I said, he just don't, I'm just saying his takedown, his grappling skills just aren't really up to par of what – you would expect of a you know normal UFC fighter that, and plus he's moving up a weight division, which is kind of tough to really be implement. Even if you are a good grappler, it's still tough to kind of implement that when you're moving up a weight division because you're not used to tossing around those heavier guys. So I think because of that, Samuelsberger just has more opportunities for the victory, and I think Samuelsberger has just about as equal power as Medic, and I think he also should be able to take advantage. Of this elevation, score some knockdowns, score more points if it comes down to decision, which I don't think it will because my prediction, I got Samuelsberger getting a knockout in the first or second round over Medic. I don't think I don't think Medic is just going to be able to do too well. I mean, he's taking this fight on short notice. It's a higher elevation. I think he's going to gas out. I think he's just going to go out swinging, which, I mean, you know, is his only path to victory, so I don't blame him, but that's where I'm at at that. Yeah, well, but the odds of this fight are much, much closer than the uh, the previous fight, the women's fight between Maverick and Cachoeira. So that'll that's something to watch. Yes, 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 absolutely. And uh, like I said, most of these fights they can go either way. I'm just giving my opinion and kind of how I'm how I'm looking at it. And so you know, I'm I'm confident Samuelsberger can get it done. You know, no USA bias or anything. Anyways, moving on to the next fight, we have CJ Vergara and Vidisha Salvador. Fighting CJ Vergara is a slight favorite. Last time I checked, I have odds from yesterday via DraftKings, and he was Vergara minus one fifty. Vergara is the favorite, minus one sixty. Yeah, oh, he's minus one sixty now. So it's either money coming in on him or something happened. And I hate that's why I'm not really going to give any betting advice to this because I really don't like to bet on the UFC until I see the weigh-ins. And so today they just um, or Thursday they'll do the weigh-ins Friday today. And they did, you know, face to face handshake kind of thing, which you know, mo- most of the fighters were actually pretty, pretty, pretty calm today. Uh, minus Bobby Green and I would say Tony Ferguson, but Tony Ferguson just kind of sat there, you know, Bobby Green doing his thing. Anyways, moving on to this fight. Um, 
I think I, I got CJ Vergara winning this. I think he's going to win it by decision, most likely. He can also get a late knockout. I think he's got some good power. He's pretty. He's a pretty solid fighter. I think he's also got extreme durability, extreme cardio. Uh, the thing about Salvador is just that in his debut, he wasn't he wasn't all that good. Uh, I mean, his best win is against Ross, who is also not very good. Uh, I'm not going to stick to this fight too much, too long. I mean, I think it's going to be a good fight, not as much as some of these other fights. But like I said, I got CJ Vergara winning most likely by decision, but I could also see a pretty late knockout. Okay, so a clean sweep for this uh, for the Americans in the early prelims, according to Zach. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, and like I may, it's unfortunate. I hate to really keep picking the favorites here, but I think they're favorites for a good reason. I think some of them should be even bigger favorites than what the odds odds are listing. But because uh, I think sometimes these odds makers they don't take into account the fact that you know some of these I mean they kind of do take into account that some of these fighters are taking them on short notice, such as this next fight or the third fight where someone's taking it on short notice. But we also got a different elevation to be playing with. Most of these guys do not train at this level, so um, by level I mean elevation because this uh, this card is in Salt Lake City, Utah. I know we didn't mention that, but that elevation definitely plays plays a really key role in some of these fighters for some of these fighters. And moving on to the next fight, uh, some pretty easy names to pronounce. Sorry, I got to take this one, Peyton. But uh, Jake Matthews <laughs> versus Darius Flowers. Uh, Jake Matthews minus two forty favorite. Darius Flowers uh, plus two hundred underdog. Uh, once again, another person coming in short notice. Darius Flowers. Flowers is he reminds me of an old Derek Lewis. I say older Derek Lewis, but I guess technically younger Derek Lewis, but you know more previous in his career. Where he's he's pretty patient, he's pretty patient out the gate. He doesn't really come out swinging. He just when he sees the opportunity, he takes part of it, and he'll throw just these just these massive you know I say unstoppable combos, but these unbreakable combos where it's like you know, you're UFC, you're spamming every button, every combination, and your fighter just gets gassed, but he's still just throwing. It's like an eighteen punch combination, maybe more more combat. But anyways, <laughs> he mainly relies on his raw power to catch opponents off guard. That's a kind of very, very like he reminds me of Derek Lewis, and um and the good and bad because his cardio is pretty bad. He uh has terrible takedown defense, can't defend a submission to save his life, and so I think Jake Matthews uh he's got he's definitely having much better cardio. Let's say he's not taking this fight on short notice, um. I said he's, he's Jake Matthews is a pretty tough guy. It's going to be hard to um, even with the raw power of Flowers. It's going to be hard just to straight up knock him out. I think Matthews is going to be just as patient. He's going to pick his spots a little bit more often than Flowers, but he should be able to outlast Flowers from a cardio sense. He's going to take advantage of a tired Flowers. I think he's going to get some takedowns. I think he's going to get a submission in the second or third round. I think he's going to, like I said, take Flowers down. Batter him up a little bit on the ground. Flowers isn't going to be able to do anything about it. Matthews is going to move in for a slick submission. Yeah. Um, to reiterate what you said, nine of uh, Flowers' 12 wins is by knockout. So, um, whereas Jake Matthews is six wins by knockout, six wins by submission. So, much more even there. Yeah, he's a very well-rounded guy, and like I, said, I think that's why he's he's probably I don't, he's definitely not the biggest favorite on the card, but he's one of the biggest favorites on the card. And at minus two forty, that's that's not even that big of a favorite. So, like I said, that just kind of goes to show how 
I know I'm not really making these fights sound as close. Yes, I know. I know I'm not really making these fights sound like they're going to be close. I still think they're going to be close because I think it also really just depends on these guys' game plans. And like, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about Flowers because obviously I haven't. It's like I've been watching him during training camp. Maybe he's working. He's been working on his conditioning. Maybe he's been working on his takedown defense. If he does that, he can definitely make this competitive. But just watching past fights, just seeing past results, it's kind of a no-brainer in that fight to me. And I think oddsmakers agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, Flowers, if he gets taken down, though, I, I do expect uh, his cardio to kind of give out on him with his average fight time at 1 minute and 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, it reminds you of a uh, Derek Lewis. So I'm not yeah, sure if they're... you've ever seen him fight, but, I mean, you can just – you get the Derek Lewis kind of sense of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, anyways, moving on to the next fight, and this is uh, – we're getting towards the end of the prelims here. We have Roman Kapilov versus Claudio Ribeiro. Uh, Kapilov is a minus 210 favorite last I checked, Ribeiro plus 170. And uh, once again, uh, I'll stop trying to spend so much time on these prelims. We'll get to the juicier fights pretty quickly here. I got Kapilov via uh, knockout in the second or third round. I think just kind of like Flowers, Ribeiro, he's kind of earlier bust, and his cardio is just not going to hold up to Kapilov. But uh, Kapilov's, you know, his cons is that he doesn't have a good ground game. But he has a good sense of when to go for the finish, and he picks out spots pretty well. Kapilov's got some some really, really serious power. I mean, he's finished. Oh, I can't think of the opponents off the top of my head. I got it. I have the website pulled up. I'm not going to bother looking. I said just get through this. But he's he's finished some pretty tough guys. Uh, not to say Ribeiro isn't dangerous on the feet because he's definitely got one-punch knockout power too. But like I said, it's just Ribeiro's cardio is not going to hold up. At the end of the day, two guys who are tough, who have the same amount of power, I'm going to take the one that has more cardio than the other. So give me Kapilov via knockout, second or third round. Don't matter either way. That's, I think I think this fight's not going to go the distance. Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree everything you said. So let's move on to uh, Derek Lewis. Yes, yes. Our guy, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, opens up or opened up as an underdog. I think he still is an underdog, an even bigger underdog, versus Marcos Rajiro de Lima. We'll just call him de Lima for short. I know it's a mouthful. Uh, de Lima is a minus 215 favorite, one of the bigger favorites on the card. Lewis plus 185. Um, Peyton, I'll let you, I know you're f- familiar with Lewis and I, probably a little de Lima too. I'll let you take the, uh, take the ropes on this one, give you some time. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Derek Lewis is definitely what some would call a gasser. Um, I mean, that's putting it lightly. He throws one punch, and he's pretty much gassed out. Um, however, he does have unbelievable power. Obviously, one one punch power like you, you mentioned earlier, but 21 out of his 26 wins have come by knockout. Um and 78% mm-hmm. of his strikes do go to the head of his opponent. Um, I would – and then Lima, I would – 14 out of 21 wins by knockout, 15 first-round finishes, um, kind of a lot of the same in a way as Derek Lewis. I think he's a little bit more complete than Derek Lewis. And as of late, Derek Lewis, like you mentioned earlier, has been on a slide. Um, he just doesn't really look like him, his old self or younger self. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds against Lima Bean. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like Lama being. I like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, like I said for Derek Lewis, he's kind of in a weird point in his career. I can't remember his last his last win. Um, man, Dawkus. He beat uh, Chris Dawkus by knockout. So, but so that's 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 been a long while though. That's I mean that's been a year and a half now since his last last win. Uh, he's had three losses in a row: uh, Tuivasa Pavlovich and Spivac. Uh, Spivac, Spivac. Sorry, um, all of them. He lost all of them by a knockout. I'm pretty sure. No, he lost his uh, last fight by submission. But I mean, it's kind of weird. Lewis just isn't. He isn't what he used to be. I hate to say it. He he used to be very patient, pick out of spots because, like you said, I mean, he throws he throw one combo, and let's say he throws a wombo combo that's like ten or twelve punches in a row. And he'll throw in some kicks too for such a big guy, and he gasses out. So that's why he was patient in the early part of his career. And like really, I mean, up until recently, he was the most. He was probably one of the more patient guys in heavyweight. And he was a heavy hitter. He'd take advantage of people being scared of his power. But like I said, he just has terrible cardio. And now he just he rushes head on into anything. I don't know why he started doing that, but it's not working out for him. And I think he needs to stop. If he picks out his spots, he can easily get a counter on DeLima, knock him out. I say he's got that one punch power. So that I mean that's why I'll never bet against Derek Lewis because it's just it's just you can't. But I do think Derek, uh, like you said, DeLima, he just he's more all around. He's a better kickboxer. He also I won't say he has the same knockout power as Lewis, but mm-hmm. he does have some serious knockout power. I think DeLima's probably gonna uh get in Derek Lewis's head. He's just gonna throw some massive leg kicks, maybe some body kicks, body blows. Um Derek's just going to gas out. Delima, I mean, he could. Delima could also just easily get a takedown and move in for a sub if he wants to, because Lewis he can't defend a takedown and he's been submitted pretty easily in the past. But my prediction for this fight is Delima to win by knockout. Pro, well, I'll go. I'll go first round. I'll go first round. I don't think this fight hey, gets past. Not even given in the second round, huh? No, like I said, I think Derek Lewis, unfortunately, is in it's it's a, not always a tough matchup for him, but like I say, he's at this point in his career. He's um thirty eight and a half years old. Um he's just been on a terrible skid lately. Like I said, he's one and four in his last fights. Delima's the more hot fighter. Granted, you know, I would say Delima hasn't fought the same competition as Derek Lewis, but I don't think I don't think that really matters in this case. The heavyweight division is what it is. Yeah, I mean, your lifespan in, in the heavyweight division is typically not very long. No, 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 not at all. And um, But with that being said, yeah, like I said, I got to lean by knockout. Moving on to the next fight, though, we have Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles. Uh, Bonfim, probably the second biggest favorite on the card at this point. When I last checked the odds, he was a minus 325 favorite. Giles plus 270, underdog. And um, I'm not going to waste too much time on this. I know this well, is the future. Hold on, hold on, wait. You, go ahead. Go ahead. You said Giles is the underdog? Yes. Uh, not anymore. It doesn't look like. Mm, what are the odds? When official UFC fight, uh, Giles, Giles is minus 315 favorite, and Bonfem is plus 260 underdog. Bon, I'm sorry. Bonfem's the underdog? Yeah. Plus 260. Are, are you sure? I mean, I'm looking at it right now on the official UFC website. Unless they do, they not update this. I'm not entirely I, sure. I don't, I don't know. I think I think someone in the UFC is tripping. I mean, it does look like they update these odds. 
It doesn't look like they update them? No, it does. I think they do update them. Um. Oh, well, okay. Anyways, I'm checking FanDuel right now. Bonfim's still a heavy favorite. Um, That's strange. Maybe they had them mixed up. Probably so. As best. And anyways, for good reason. Like I said, I mean, if you know these two fighters, you understand why these why these odds are the way they are. Uh, Bonfim's gra- ground game, just amazing. It, it's, it's, I wouldn't say unbeatable, but, you know, I mean, being the Brazilian, he is, um, you know, training at the uh, Samurai Gym. I mean, he's like I said, his ground game's pretty, pretty freaking solid. Uh, his submissions, I think, is like eighty percent of his wins. Uh, he can get submissions from Nice, yeah, he can get submissions from. I mean, just about anywhere. Uh, he's, you know, he's one of those guys you look at, and he does like the weird submissions, you know, where it's like, well, like, what, you know, what the crap is he doing at the bottom? Uh, oh, 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 he's got, he, you know, he's got a Kimura in all of a sudden. Um, so, uh, and Giles, Giles is. Probably the biggest idiot in the UFC. I'll just say that he's got raw talent. He just can't. He he can't seem to put it together. And I mean, he's got some. He's got some bad bad losses. And I mean, he barely won a split decision. Uh, I'll give I'll give it to him though. He's fought. He fights pretty pretty frequent frequently now. I think he's at his three fights in a year and a half. But um, so I mean, he's got that going for him. But I mean, that's about it. He's a freaking idiot. Anyways, I think Bonfim gets this by submission pretty easily. Uh, don't really matter first, second, third round. I don't care at home in a McDonald's. Don't really matter. Give me Bonfim. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. Give me Bonfim. However, I will say he's only he only uh connects on strikes thirty nine percent of the time. So the accuracy up on the ground, um, not on the ground. I'm sorry, on the feet is not the greatest. Um. So if Giles can keep the fight on the feet, maybe we can see an upset there. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say Giles is also every single loss Giles has, all four of them. I know not that many, sixteen and four. Uh, I'm not sure what his record is in the UFC, but his professional record is sixteen and four. All of his losses, he's been finished. So and like I said, I think I think Bonfim gets a finish here, and uh, I think Giles, hands Giles his fifth loss via submission. But moving on to our first. Main card fights. We have the always interesting to watch Kevin Holland versus Michael Chiesa. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty close on the odds there. Uh, I have Kevin Holland minus 145. Like I said, these odds are of yesterday via DraftKings. Uh, Kevin Holland minus 145 favorite Michael Chiesa plus 125. And from what I'm seeing, people are pretty high up on Chiesa. Uh, he's, he seems to be the favorite dog, favorite dog this weekend. And I get it. I get it. Trust me, I do. But that I I personally don't think that's going to happen. Like I said, I'm definitely picking all the favorites here. I know how interesting, how how original. But um, yeah, Chiesa Chiesa hasn't won a fight in two and a half <laughs> two and a half years. Um, and it was a unanimous decision against Magni, which you know, um, uh, you know that doesn't that doesn't really say much. Uh, Kevin Kevin struggles with quite a lot, mainly the ground game, his takedown and uh, submission defense. But that being said, it's only because his past fights have been against premier, I mean premier middleweights. He uh, let's see, his he fought ten months ago against Chimaev, um, lost obviously. Um, then he fought Wonder Boy, lost. Uh, then he fought Ponzinibbio. So those are all some premier middleweights. Uh, Chiesa, I'm pretty sure he's moving up. 
to uh, no sorry yeah he's moved up has he moved up from some I think he moved up to welterweight anyways uh Holland this fight is in welterweight right um it is welterweight yes okay yeah so but um so yeah Kevin's fought a bunch of middleweights that are like I say the premier names and um like I said I know Holland Holland himself isn't exactly the smartest UFC fighter either but he's a much more active one. I think that's what Matt. He has five fights in one and under one and a half years. I'm pretty sure. Um, on the feet, I think Holland has has huge advantages. Um, but to Michael Chiesa's you know praise, he's never been knocked out. Only once has the fight been stopped, and it was because of a doctor. Doctor had to stop it. So Chiesa's pretty tough. But I think Kevin Holland's got some good power, some good technique. I think he's going to get a, a knockout on Chiesa, and. Um, Really, he could probably get a submission too. I said, I just, I just, I think Kiesa really needs to take this to the ground to have a chance. But even there, Kevin Holland, he's a black belt, so you know, Kevin Holland, like I called him an idiot, an idiot. But I mean, on the ground, he's not going to be that much of an idiot. He's going to be able to, if Kiesa makes a mistake, which he's been, he's shown in the past that he will make mistakes on the ground. Then Holland can easily just swoop in there, get a submission. But uh, I think Holland gets this via knockout. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry, you said you said uh Holland wins by knockout? Yes, yes, Holland by knockout. Yeah, I, I agree. Um Kevin is the favorite in this fight. Um he's striking at a fifty two percent accuracy while is it Chiesa or Chiesa? I, I say Chiesa, Michael. Oh, I say Chiesa. Is only striking at forty one percent. Um Kevin Holland a lot better defensively than a lot of the aforementioned fighters. So I don't think Kiesa's uh, submission offense is going to be as effective, and I think that just leads to Kevin winning the fight. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Holland, one of the most entertaining people on the planet, by the way. Yes, and like I said, this card is packed with entertainment, and uh, that's a good segue to our next fight, which probably, I mean, honestly, probably won't be that entertaining because I think that it's just going to be, this is this is a, um, hmm, I don't know. I feel bad for Tony Ferguson is all I'll say. And uh, he's been one of my favorite fighters. But this is just going to be – I think this is going to be Tony Ferguson. Uh, sorry, Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson. Bobby Green, huge favorite, like minus 400 at this point. Um, minus 375 right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> Anyways, um, listen, Ferguson, he's a tough guy. But, oh, in his past fights, he is just – he is he has been getting – he clobbered. Um, really, Gaethje has just sent this man down on a downward spiral ever since you know they fought three years ago. Um, Foreshadowing. Yes, uh, Ferguson is just like I said; he's been getting beat up badly. And uh, I think he came out today or yesterday. He said something along the lines of like, "Oh yeah, I just let Nate Diaz win because I didn't want to be there." Something along those lines. I mean, you know what? A, I know what a sorry excuse. I said, I feel bad for him. I think this is a retirement fight. Bobby Bobby Green's just going to be able to do whatever he wants. He's got some really good boxing skills. And uh, like I said, I mean, Bobby Green hasn't won in a hot minute. And he really he last won against Hakbaras, you know, which is, I mean, it's a pretty decent win, pretty decent win. But uh, I think I think Bobby Green gets this done within, uh, within the distance, too. I think, like I said, Ferguson's just done. He's just been getting beat up too late, uh, too much too lately. Too much lately. I think Bobby Green gets it done via knockout in the third round. Yeah. I mean, it's – I've been thinking uh, 
he's going to retire after his last four fights. Um, they just haven't been pretty. They uh, not at he, all. he wanted to retire after Chandler, but he couldn't wake up. <laughs> right, they left his body in there for the next fight. Yeah, uh, Bobby Green has his way. It's probably, is he the biggest favorite on this card? I believe so. Yes, and that goes to show you. That's that's all I gotta say. Biggest favorite yes. on the card. Yeah, and, and Bobby Green's not even like the greatest guy either, which is, you know, like I said, it's just, I guess, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next I fight. Like we yeah, I know. Like I said, we won't spend too much time on that fight because, like I said, I think out of all the fights, I'm probably the most confident that Bobby Green's going to get it done. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like too confident he gets it done within the distance, but I think he definitely can just because Tony Ferguson, like he's he's on his way out the door. I think he knows that he just hasn't been the same guy lately. Anyways, moving on to what's going to be a very, 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 very entertaining fight. Rubbing my hands over here, just getting excited thinking of it. But we have uh, Stephen Thompson, uh, also known as Wonder Boy, uh, versus Michelle Pereira. Um, Stephen Thompson minus one fifty favorite. Pereira plus one thirty underdog. Um, could be closer. May I mean, I can see this fight going either way. And I, I hate to even, I really hate to put a prediction on any of these next three fights. But you know, <laughs> just you know, for you know, just for the fun of it. You know, for all the fans out there, I did it anyways. I'll do a quick rundown here. Um, these are some two pretty big fighters, two very entertaining fighters. Uh, Steven, uh, nicknamed Wonder Boy Thompson, I'm going to refer to him as Wonder Boy from here on out. Or, you know, no, I'll try and refer to him as Thompson to avoid confusion. But uh, obviously, everyone knows him for his karate. Uh, he's got some <laughs> some really, really renowned striking. And even lately, it's it's weird He's just been getting better. Dude's like 40 years old now, well over 40, I think. And he's, he seems to be getting even better with his striking. Um, granted, his yeah, takedown defense is crap. Yeah. <laughs> granted, like I said, he doesn't really have good takedown defense. Uh, he's I – mean, every time he get, every time he's been taken down in his last few fights, I mean, he just almost has no answer. I mean, he'll try and fight, but then he's just kind of like, hmm, I'll just wait out to the next round, try and, you know, get my, my signature spinning kick in. You know, get the crowd to go, ooh, you know. But uh, speaking of someone who can make the crowd, you know, ooh and ah, uh, Pereira, uh, you know, he's the guy you always see highlights of. He just will randomly do a backflip in the octagon and, like, you know, try and stomp on people. He does, like, the flying cage kicks. He, uh, flo- you know, flings about 20 flying knees around just for the heck of it. He's definitely an entertainer, and he said in the past that whenever the crowd, crowd gets going, he gets going. So, um, there's been a past couple fights. He's kind of reeled it back in, which you'd like to see him do more of because this, I mean, this dude's such a good fighter. This dude is just such an amazing fighter. But I mean, you know, sometimes he lets the antics get in the way, you know, he could easily go over finishes, but, but he doesn't just because like I said, he's more of an entertainer and therefore you can't, it's hard to really pick him just because I just don't see him. You know, it's not that he doesn't take these fights seriously. It's just like I said, at the end of the day, he's an entertainer first fighter, second, as he likes to give the crowd a show, which I appreciate. But with that being said, this is going to be a fun stylistic matchup. I mean, uh, karate versus probably the most unconventional guy you'll ever see. Very close fight. I got Wonder Boy Thompson via decision. Yeah. Um, so, obviously a very close fight again. Pereira, kind of like a Nate Diaz type of fighter, more in it for the entertainment and not – I mean, obviously you want to win every fight that you, you go into, but – um, more of a crowd's favorite instead of necessarily the best fighter. 
Uh, now he is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. I do think he's a little bit better defensively than Wonder Boy. Actually, I know he's a lot better defensively than Wonder Boy. I don't think Wonder Boy has the greatest defense. Um, I'm going to pick Pereira by submission. That's inter- that's interesting. I think he could. I think he could possibly get that done. And I mean, he's got some. Um, he hasn't had a submission in a hot minute. I think it's been about three years. And he got uh, Amadeov. Amadeov by submission. Really, but once again, you know, that was one of those fights where he should have knocked him out in the first round. I think he could have, but, you know, he's more into the, yo, let me fly off the cage really quick and do this and do that. And um, I think yeah. I just watched that fight today, actually, at work to kind of catch up on um, on Pereira's style. And that's all I need so, to see. So I'll predict that he takes this fight a little bit more seriously and gets it done via submission. Yeah, like I, said, I mean, he could, if he reels it in, I mean, there's no, uh, I, mean, I don't think Wonderboy has a shot if Pereira could reel it in. I mean, you know, if Pereira starts doing the thing where he puts his hands behind his back and starts sticking his head out, I hate to say it, but I mean, Wonder Boy's his wide stance and he's like he's elite karate, probably the best karate in the UFC. I mean, he, I mean, he it's literally just a spinning kick away from that dude being limp on the um limp on the mat. Yeah, no doubt. But um, should be a very very fun fight. I'm um, very much looking forward to that fight. And moving on to the co-main event, which should have been for the interim light heavyweight. Yes, moving on. Uh, you seem excited. I'll, I'll let you. Ta- I'll let you take this one. So, for everybody listening, uh, I am an Israel Adesanya f- uh, fan. So both these guys have fought Israel. Um, obviously, Pereira being extremely successful against him in his kickboxing career, and his. I mean, he dethroned him. Um, not in their previous fight, obviously, but the fight before. Jan, when Izzy went up to light heavyweight, fought him. And I think it's going to be much of the same as when Izzy went up to light heavyweight. I think Jan Blahovic takes Alex Pereira down, who, for lack of a better word, is useless on the ground. I think Jan takes him down, keeps him there, and wins via submission. Uh, now, I will say Pereira. Now, for everybody listening, it is a uh, pick em. I think Pereira, obviously, insane power. Some of the best power we've seen in a very, very long time uh, in the UFC. If he connects, he's he's liable to put anybody in the UFC out with one one punch. That's all he needs. Um, yeah. Yep. But that being said, Jan Blachowicz also has a lot of power. Um, I think Polish power, baby. Yeah. Definitely. I do think he takes them down, keeps them there, and wins via submi- uh, not submission by decision. Yeah, and um, actually, I don't. Um, you know, I know you said about mistake, but I think submission is a sneaky way for uh, Jan to win. I think he could easily get the uh, a submission win. Um, you know, some uh, uh, club and sub. But I think, man, this fight's gonna be so close. It's gonna be so good too. It's gonna be yeah, a great breaking matchup. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Pereira is one of those guys that really keeps you on the edge of your seat. Doesn't matter if you're if uh. The other his opponents winning the fight or not? I mean, at any moment that that can, can completely flip on his head. I mean, look at Israel Adesanya in the first mm-hmm. fight um, was just dominating him. It seemed like, and all of a sudden, it was just over. Right. It, it was just it. Yeah, man. Like I said, that's that's a great thing about UFC. All it takes is one shot, one punch. You don't really don't matter who you are. You can get knocked out just as easily. But as the uh, as the next guy. But uh, yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and get my prediction. I got Alex via KO. 
I'm not confident at all <laughs> in that. Um, that's just me choosing because I'm, 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 I I'm could flip a coin and say, you know, Jan by, Jan by knockout. I think Jan's got m- many more paths to victory than Pereira. And there is just a huge, huge gap in the talent of the grappling games. Jan is just amazing, and Alex is not. Um, Israel Adesanya got his first takedown in his career against Pereira. So that that should say a lot right there for uh, for those not familiar. That's just uh, that's very bad. I'll just I'll put it at that and keep it at that. I give a slight advantage on the feet to Alex, um, just because you know I guess recency bias really. But um, I mean he's moving up to probably what's his more natural weight, which is you know obviously good for him. Once again, I think this elevation kind of kind of takes takes an effect. Um, I think if Jan, if Jan's camp has him on a good game plan, which is, you know, take the man down, do what you have to do, then he's going to easily he's going to easily win. If they keep this on the feet, Alex Alex definitely has an advantage and could probably he's probably going to score more points than Jan, I think, on the feet, and he could he could get the knockout. Not to say Jan couldn't, but just saying, I think Alex has a very slight advantage, like a fifty-five to forty-five advantage on the striking while the grappling game is more like 90 Jan and 10 Alex. Um, so I think the game plan there for Jan is pretty obvious, but like, so I got Alex via knockout. I think, but I think if Jan sticks to the uh, Israel Adesanya game plan, takes the man down, there's not much he can do. Cause at the end of the day, I think Jan even outstruck Izzy when they fought every single round. I don't, I don't think that fight was close. Um, no, he, he really dominated that fight. Honestly, I think, most of it, I think it's going to translate to this fight as well, but the uh, threat of a takedown, because Izzy was just helpless on the ground. He, once he was on the ground, there was no way he was getting up. So um, I think the threat of a takedown really uh, frustrated Israel, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to do the same to Pereira. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and like I said, I can see this fight going either way. I'm just going to be in it for the entertainment. I definitely won't be betting on this one. And just because I have to choose, I'm choosing Alex via KO. But um, and we'll move on to the main event for the BMF belts. I will not be saying what BMF stands for, but if you watch this fight, you will know very soon after. I think even the current BMF champion is going to be there to hand the belt to whoever wins. Um, you know, I think we don't have to go out. Well, better than a corny, you know, Dwayne Johnson there, you know, raising his eyebrow, giving away the belt. Anyways, uh, that's Jorge Masvidal, by the way, the uh, most recent BMF champion. And I know UFC is really trying to push this BMF championship thing, but that's really for people who can't obtain a real championship, if I'm being okay. quite honest. Okay. So, um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm being serious. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Like, so, I mean, there's still... definitely avenues for both of these fighters to still win a championship. Sorry, I got. I'm, I'm kind. Of, I'm in silence right now. I just, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, sure, there's, sure, there's avenues. Will it happen? Absolutely not. Um. Well, actually, one of them is going to be a champion after Saturday. BMF champion. You know, better than their interim champions. Anyway, getting into the fight, we have the, um, you know, battle of the names, Dustin versus Justin. Uh, that's Dustin Poirier, uh, minus 140 favorite versus Justin Gaethje, plus 120 underdog. And really, those odds don't matter, I don't think. Um, I think this fight is pretty much should be a pick em. I mean, there's there's really no way to 
there's there are, there's almost no way to tell other than watching the first fight, which, by the way, I believe Poirier won via knockout in the fourth round of the last time they fought. Yeah, I believe so. And um, Poirier outclassed Gaethje there. I mean, he Poirier showed, showed he was the most more technical fighter, more elite striker. And, um, I believe he landed 142 head strikes compared to 56 for Gaethje, which is a recipe for success, if you ask me. And um, really, there's not much to say here other than it's going to be, it's just going to be a banger. I think Poirier is going to be able to land more. He's going to break down Justin just like the first fight. Um, Dustin's going to get hit and he's going to wear it pretty badly, but I think he can handle it much better. You know, Dustin's the kind of guy that, you know, spits the tooth out on the, um, on the mat and puts his hands back up, you know, wants to keep fighting. Um, I think Justin should look for his leg kicks again. That's something to look out for, for him. But I think Poirier's got much better cardio. I think Poirier's going to mix it up, get some nice, he probably won't get as many head strikes in, but I think with that being said, I think it's because he's going to throw more to the body. Like I said, kind of, Take advantage of the elevation. Take advantage of the poor uh, – not poor cardio from Gaethje, but the lesser cardio of Gaethje compared to his own. And um, we've seen Gaethje broken down in the past before. Dustin, not as much. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got fight ends and brutal knockout um, by either one of these fighters. Not sure which one, really, but I give a slight advantage to the – Hometown hero for Louisiana, and that's Dustin Poirier. I got Dustin Poirier by knockout in the third round. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you said. Poirier, Gacy, I mean, man, fight of the year type of vibes mm-hmm. I get from it. Um, both of these guys just, they have that dog in them. Um, embrace chaos. They they love to be hit. They love to get to deliver hits um they're both violent up top on the feet they both can wrestle well um honestly i don't know how the last fight was a pick and this one isn't i think this is much more even than the last fight um although the last fight is also very wait say that again Gaethje is much more refined. He's been he's a lot more refined than the last time they fought too, which is why oh, I think the yeah, odds should be closer. Doubt. Without a doubt, like I, I do said, think Poirier is the more refined fighter overall, though. Oh yes, yes. Um, he's just a little bit more technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, he's just got much better car. I say much better cardio. It's really not that much of a difference, but it's enough to where you're going to be able to tell the difference in that third round. You're going to see both of them are kind of you know over there at the start of the third round, but Poirier is going to be a little bit more locked in, and Gaethje's going to be kind of have his mouth open. You know, he's just going to look to go out there and get into a slugfest, which, I mean, this fight, like I said, this fight is just going to be a base. It's just going to be pure chaos, um, chaos personified. I mean, it's, I bet the energy in the arena is just going to be amazing. The crowd's probably just going to be on its feet the whole time because guys are going to be wobbling left and right, and they're both going to be tired. I mean, you're, you're going to see in like the last like 30 seconds of each round, it's going to be one of those things where they're just throwing hooks over and over again. They're so tired. They're just <laughs> falling over from their own power. But, um, I think the diamond toughs this one out. I think he can. I say he's just gonna. I think he's gonna have a little bit, little bit more success ripping it to the body of Gaethje. Gaethje's gonna break down like we've seen him do. And um, granted, I get. Uh, <laughs> and this is all speculation. I could easily see Gaethje doing the exact same to Dustin. So I'm just giving Poirier a slight advantage due to his cardio and really the first fight they had. Yeah. Um. One one thing. Uh. I will say about Geishi is the last time we saw him, uh, he looked good. Like, 
mm-hmm. uh, technicality wise. Mm-hmm. He did land a few more strikes than Fiziev, but he didn't really hurt Fiziev, which was right. kind of surprising to me. Um, usually when Gaethje connects, he connects. Um, so that'll be something to watch. Does he still have that power? I would think so. I would bet that he does. Um, Poirier is going to get wobbled. Gaethje's going to get wobbled unless one of them just lands in like the first 10 seconds and ends the fight, which I don't foresee happening. Um, like I said, these guys do not go down without fights. They're going right. to – oh, man. It, I, I'm just so excited. I've been excited for this fight for a very long time. I think the one thing that Dustin has – or one thing that Dustin has over Justin is he kind of times out his shots a little bit better. He's more calculated when he has uh, his opponent staggered, whereas Justin just kind of throws wildly sometimes. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, I do I do have Dustin getting it done though. Yeah, so either way, this this fight's not going past the third round, I don't think, or by that I mean not past fifteen minutes. Uh, I think I think definitely I think even Dustin came out and said something along those lines too. But I mean, if you're a, even a UFC you know novice, you know that this fight will not go the distance, and that you should definitely watch it. I've said it before: do everything you can to watch this fight. Let's, I don't care what you do to watch it. Go to a friend's house, have a good time. I know Buffalo Wild Wings likes to show these fights. I mean, stream it off of you know the sketchy websites that could possibly give you a virus. Who cares? Because you know, an eight hundred dollar laptop and fire of the year. I mean, it's no comparison. You're you gotta go for fire of the year here. So, um, yeah, that's uh, UFC two ninety one. You have any closing remarks for uh, two ninety one, Peyton? Before we wrap yeah. up, yeah. If you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, eat beforehand. Yes, yes, that's a that's a good tip. That's a that's what we call a pro tip, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, that's it for uh, UFC 291. I think we'll wrap up the show right there. Um, I think that's all. That's all I got. I don't know about you, Peyton. What say you? Yeah. Uh, hope everybody enjoys 291. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, absolutely. I said, please tune into 291, and uh, feel free to talk to us about it. Uh, the day of, we may hop on our Twitter Spaces. We don't know yet. We're gonna fill out the air, see how it feels, and um see what we're up to and uh like i said we'd like to get some interaction from y'all so please feel free to add us and uh, let us know your predictions for the main event the co-main event or any other fight on ufc 291 once again thank you all for joining in on this episode and uh we'll see you again monday Mm -hmm.